people feel bad about themselves largely in part when they're not taking actions towards the goals that they want to achieve and they feel yeah. and then when they are they tend to feel good about themselves and then because they're on course there's a built-in biochemical reward system to be doing that which you're supposed to be do so when you're lost I would say, well, what makes you feel good? Not in a sensory effect in a short term. What would you be most proud of? In today's busy world, how can we find the inspiration, knowledge, and energy to live a healthy and empowered life? If we balance and harmonize our mind, exercise our body, live according to the laws of nature, and connect to spirit, can we find a way to heal, become our authentic self, and live our purpose with love? I am your hostess, Amy Fournier, and welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite. Welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. This show is about helping you to be more healthy and fit in mind, body, and spirit, as well as tap into your intuition, your true source of power, and awaken your authentic self. Hey, are you on my email list? I would love to connect with you there because I send out a newsletter about twice a month with different things that I'm finding or helping me in my life or cool things that I might be up to and sometimes not so cool or whatever. It's just a great way to stay connected and feel supported. So come on over and join me. That's just on my website. You can sign up, which is my name, A-M-Y-F as in Fox, O-U-R-N-I-E-R, amyfornier.com. Sign up. And you'll also see all my favorite products on my recommended products page where I give discount coupons for you to try the stuff that I love and use every day and saving money. What could be better? Today's show has a company that's on my e-store in my recommended products because I use them every day and they work, period. You know how it is when you see a movie that you love, you tell your friends about it or a book that changed your life, you tell someone about it. That's what my e-store is for. All the products that have really, really impacted me in a positive way. Bioptimizers is a company that made that cut, my friends. And today's guest is Wade Lightheart, who is the president of the company. He co-founded Bioptimizers with his friend Matt and Wade is an amazing human being, as you will soon hear. He's a three-time Canadian natural bodybuilding champion, and he might even be a fourth because he was actually getting ready for another competition when we did this recording. He is one of the world's premier authorities on natural nutrition and training methods, and definitely holistic ones as well. He majored in sports science at the University of New Brunswick, and he's authored numerous books on health, nutrition, and exercise, which have sold in over 80 countries. And he's actually working on another book as we speak. Hopefully that will be out soon. Wade is sought out by athletes and high-performance oriented individuals worldwide for his advice on how to optimize their health and fitness levels. And as you will hear today, he is truly a wise man. He's had a tough go of it, a very interesting life as most wise people have. And um, he's just a wealth of knowledge and extremely deep. I love how we have a really cool discussion on a lot of deep spiritual issues. And I think you're going to enjoy it very much. 
We talk about discipline and what Wade calls the benefits of positive constrictions, kind of from his vantage point as a very successful bodybuilder. So I just love the discussion we have on discipline and logic and how that leads to freedom. And we talk about the difference between the masculine and feminine aspects of discipline. Very interesting. And the discipline formula that Wade shares with us as well as his rituals and habits that he uses to accomplish all these really high level outstanding things in his life. And we talk about devotion, the word devotion, isn't that a beautiful word? And how that is a positive aspect of discipline and a more heart-centered feminine way to look at discipline. I love that. Weed also gives us his advice on finding your purpose and particularly if you feel lost in life and how to get started, where to begin, how failures can be a good thing, his near death experience, how it changed him and the super cool hot button topic of surrender. How many people have a misconception of really what surrender means and how to do it without feeling like a big loser and like you're just like totally being apathetic and you know out of power in your life because it's very disempowering to feel like you're just passive and how surrender is not about being passive. So we talk about what it is instead. And we talk about the power of choice and what Wade's six key tips are to live a longer, stronger, and healthier life. So you're going to love this episode. If you're just into holistic health and fitness and spirituality, and you're ready to go deep, as well as really get practical and down and dirty from someone who has walked the talk and is living a highly, highly successfully achieved life. Enjoy this episode with Wade Lightheart. And if you feel inclined, I would love if you would leave a review. Just smash five stars. It only takes two, three seconds, but it truly means the world to me. And it helps keep me going and for this podcast to reach more people. I really do appreciate it and share it with a friend. So thanks again. And let's now join Wade. And welcome back to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. I am super excited to be sitting down with my friend, Wade Lightheart. Wade, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. And uh, we met briefly at Paul Check's big birthday bash about two years ago. We didn't have a lot of time to talk. There was a lot of people there and things, but I just had to run up to you and make the connection because I've been using your products for years and uh, I'm a big fan. I know we're going to talk about that. And I know your company was gracious enough to offer a coupon code for my audience. And uh, But I had to talk to the man, the guy who was behind. I know you have a partner, but you were obviously the guy. And uh, it was a thrill to meet you in person. And here you are on my show. So thank you again. Yeah, it's, it's always a pleasure to connect with friends and especially to follow up on uh you know, our interludes that we get these events and Paul's an extraordinary connector. So I'm very grateful to Paul as well. And so thanks to him and thanks to you for having me. Oh, awesome, Wade. So you have just a very interesting story. You're a champion bodybuilder, but one that's that was um, a vegetarian, right? Like you didn't have any animal products and you still nevertheless, even though it's extremely difficult to do and stay healthy, you did it. Amazing. Yeah, it's unusual. And, um, you know, I, I believe in, I believe that there are benefits with 
um, positive cons uh, constrictions. In other words, if you put uh, positive constrictions, let's say on your economics or your food consumption or um, your time, what tends to happen is abundance or uh, will emerge out of that those those system constraints. In other words, improved efficiencies that will lead to greater gains. And I think that the story around being able to compete and be successful as a vegetarian wasn't fleshed out very well. And I think that partly because a lot of people within that community are very rigid and inflexible, which creates uh, a negative bias towards looking at it. The second thing was there's very few people who do it, so you don't have a great sample set. And then then what starts to happen is uh, preconditioned biases start to emerge and then become canonized as absolutes. And I, when I saw that opportunity at one point in life, I thought, hey, that'd be something worth working on for a few decades. Be interesting to see what happens. And uh, it turned out okay, but it wasn't without its challenges. And I, and I was able to solve many of those challenges from actually not looking within a plant-based diet, but looking outside of the plant-based diet and then replicating the disadvantages, which were advantages in other diets and incorporating those into this. And so I'm dietary agnostic. I'm not a vigilante mm -hmm. or anything mm -hmm. like that. I just wanted to be able to prove what was possible in a accepted field to demonstrate the efficacy of what I was advocating. We didn't know if it could be done, so. Brilliant, I love it. And then in the process, you know, as they say, it's not about the destination, it's the journey. You had to get super educated as to, cause it's one thing to say you're a vegetarian, it's nothing to be a healthy, thriving vegetarian, you know? And so you, you had to go down that road of applying yourself and taking the energy to be super educated on how you can do it, if you can do it. And you proved you, you could. Yeah, with first you screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> right, probably more than once. <laughs> That's the part I always find interesting yeah. that you'll read off all your credentials and stuff when you do these podcasts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the 10 things that went right in your life or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, and, and then it's like, yeah, well, what about the 10,000 uh -huh. things that we got wrong? It's so No one ever true. talks about that. So true, so true. Yeah, wow. Well, I'll tell you what, this term you use the benefits of positive constraints or constrictions this mm -hmm. is like we're gonna have to go down that road wade because it's the big d word discipline right mm -hmm. and with my show awakening aphrodite it's really trying to help people integrate and assimilate all of themselves you know the duality that's in all of us the masculine and the feminine and i would say the the uh positive constrictions as you referred to it or discipline would be more in my mind the energy behind the masculine essence that's in us and i really would like to dig, dig deeper into that with you because i know for me as a woman that was overly identified with the masculine in me the the doing the working hard the super discipline because i was i did fitness modeling and all that stuff too super discipline um, it was to a fault 
obviously. Hence, now I have the total 360 backlash, the second half of my life. I'm awakening the Aphrodite part of me, which is kind of more of the flow and the spontaneous and the, the opposite. I don't want to say it's not a free for all, like it's not the opposite of discipline, but um, I wouldn't say discipline is a category of the conventional fe feminine. So mm -hmm. can you just expand on your thoughts on all that I just threw at you? Sure. Um, well, let's just look at um, systems analysis if you are looking at physics. Uh, so the laws of thermodynamics, every system has a certain capacity and the productive capacity of that system can be improved through efficiency and that's largely a better distribution of energy within that system. So if we look at longevity studies, the one thing that we can kind of concur that we've been able to establish from longevity perspective is eating less. Okay, that, that seems to be the common element that people who live longer tend to eat less and that's been replicated across all of people. So why is that? Well, there's an efficient use of the energy that's being consumed. And all of the testing or hormonal stuff or blood sugar regulation or lipid profiles or all these sorts are way of identifying actually inefficient models or less optimized models of energy usage inside the body. It's really what it is, which then go back to diet and go back to the choices that some make. So there's an abundance of energy in the world. There's an almost unlimited source, but there seems to be a built-in model into the universal systems that the efficient use of that energy leads to more productive activity. Mm -hmm. Now, from um, that, that's a very, as you would say, a very masculine identification of breaking down of that, of using logic and reason. And so when you go into the achievement of one's life purpose, and I think having a life's purpose is very important because it makes the application of restriction positive. What I mean by that, if you know what you, it is that you're supposed to do, if you find the thing that you are supposed to do in life, whatever that is, then there is any, it's, it's much easier to handle the decisions and choices that you make because it's very binary. Is this supporting my goal, my life's purpose, my divine, you know, ambition or whatever you want to call it, or is it not? Well, great. And you have to get into rationalizing if it isn't. And mm. we can rationalize everything, but if and you willpower. And I'm uh, here's the thing about yeah, and and here's the thing about willpower that I think so many people like I've been on a restricted diet now for 18 months. Okay, I'm getting ready for the natural Mr. Olympia at 50 years old. Oh wow, you're competing again. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to compete here in a few weeks. Amazing. And um, it happened organically, but I was just doing an experiment, a year experiment on uh, restricted eating, see what kind of condition I could get at 50. And then that extended into some contests. And now I'm going back to the world championship. It's kind of unusual. It's, it's kind of surprising that it happened. But people say, wait, how do you stay so disciplined? Mm -hmm. Right? That's a common question. And I would say, mm -hmm. well, 
it's not that I'm disciplined or have all this willpower. It's that I'm very clear about what I want to use and I want to direct an efficient use of energy towards that goal. And that just eliminates a lot of choices. So the statement, there's freedom within discipline, is yeah. great. But discipline, I think, is misunderstood. People see discipline as kind of restrictive or punitive or um, not enjoyable. Yep. Where discipline actually just reduces the anxiety of decision-making fatigue because we're now bombarded with so many different decisions that we didn't have to make as humans on the planet thanks to digital technology we're hit by you know should i open this email should i answer this text should i respond to this sign that going down there so there's all these input choices that are going on but the nervous system hasn't changed that much and that's the downside of technological innovation mm -hmm. so with discipline well i can just eliminate a whole bunch of things and inside of that there's a joy and you know, this is what I'm here to do. This is what I'm going to do. And I eat these things and that's it. And then when I don't exercise, when in part of within the discipline and that I have the freedom within that, that I can strategically do whatever I want at particular points. And so I give myself license at strategic points to go completely thoroughly way off the rails which will enhance my metabolic response. So there is also an inversion of discipline. And most highly disciplined people who really are good at it have periodic timed events of undisciplined as a supportive model within that. And that's where the feminine side of it comes in or the embrace of the flow. Mm -hmm. Now, conversely, you could invert that model if you decided, hey, you know, like my mom, I'll give you an example. So I was raised in a very traditional family and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and she loved, and she said it was the greatest job in the world. And her whole purpose that she said when she grew up is she wanted to raise a family and have children and be a good mom. She was really excited about that. Now to be a good mom, you gotta be able to roll with just about everything. And so, the, the her way of being disciplined in being a mom so my mom never missed making my breakfast my lunch or my dinner my entire life wow. like talk about devotion yeah so where is so so my mom will never go on a diet for any reason she thinks they're stupid and <laughs> there's no business and she doesn't care what her genetic makeup might say. She's going to eat her bread and toast in the morning. And mm -hmm. if it causes inflammation, she doesn't yeah. care. It's worth Go it. mom. <laughs> but so you'd say, is my mother undisciplined? No, she has a feminine type discipline because in her role and her purpose, she was able to activate and, and, and did that. Now, she didn't think that was difficult, even though that kind of consistency is extraordinarily difficult. Mm. She was able to exercise that. So I think that masculine and feminine um both can be disciplined but they're disciplined in different ways for different things and different expressions and so it's a it's about a commitment to the essence of what that is as opposed to the outcome of what that is because you cannot control the outcomes it's 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 i'm committed to do this no matter what so for a soldier maybe that's risking their life 
And for a mother, that's risking mm-hmm. her life, giving birth to something, mm-hmm. right? A, a soldier goes into war and risks his life. A woman goes into, you know, pregnancy and risks her life. So certainly that mm-hmm. was the case for most of history. So I love that. That's just a really cool concept to wrap our brains around. Yeah. The, okay. So the feminine aspects of discipline, that's really powerful, beautiful. And in that regard, let's, let's go into, um, you, you've talked about how the, the, the phases and the stages of, of health and wellness I've heard before in, uh, some of my research of you and, you know, the evolution of us as humans, you know, from the physical, the vital, the cognitive, the mental, and then uh, and the emotional, and then ultimately the spiritual, and how kind of like it's a hierarchy, and mm-hmm. we kind of have to get it in that order of ascension, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love for you to kind of walk us through. Um, I mean, because we all know kind of surface level, of course, you got to be healthy to have a good life, you know, because if your back hurts, you can't take a walk or, you know, you can't think straight, you know, uh, so you can't work well and, you know, get a promotion or whatever it may be, or you might be more impatient with your children because your blood sugar is swinging all over the place. So, and no one wants to get cancer or any of the big diseases. Um, So I think we know, okay, yeah, of course you need to be healthy, but what, what are your thoughts? Because I know you're extremely uh, educated in your, in your personal deep dive into the, the, the world of spirituality in addition to the world of physical health. Um, what, what would you want people to know about, okay, you do have to pay attention to the body in order to get to these higher spiritual realms because the body is the vehicle to, to, to access it. So please just can you expand on that? Sure. I don't know if I'm an expert on spirituality. I sometimes think I'm a spiritual trust fund baby that got uh, (laughs) given more than he earned. And so I want to qualify that first. But I would say I can share my own experience and my own pathway and what I've integrated from that. And uh, the first thing I would say, and I think this would be concordant with uh, Patanjali's Yoga Sutras in the... um, the eightfold path of yoga in, you know, it talks about the do's and don'ts mm-hmm. start off yama and niyama, the things to avoid and the things to embrace, which is a form of discipline, which a lot of people look at it as discipline from a restricted perspective, but it's not, it's about, Hey, avoid going down these roads and go down this road because it's directional in its pursuit. Mm-hmm. And with physical discipline, physical activity, uh, the training process, and, you know, in, you know, in India, there was yogas, but there's also a lot of body training people to know there's martial arts that emerged from the East. Um, And for me, it was weight training. I found great comfort in weight training. Well, why was that? Because it was progressive in nature, progressive resistance training. In my teenage years, I was confronted with a significant amount of challenges that were outside of my control. I felt like I had no control in my life, like most teenagers. Someone's telling you what to do. Someone is telling you, you've got to go to school. You've got to do your chores. Your parents dictate 
if you can get the car, if you can't get the car, uh, what you're going to eat, what you're not going to eat, when you got to go to bed, all these kind of things. And as you're emerging an adult, you kind of come up against this resistance and it feels like the whole world is controlling you. But for me, I was able to go into my barn, I built a gym and started training in my barn. And inside of that, I could see that if I applied myself on a consistent basis, I could get a little bit stronger. My muscles would grow a little bit. And it became an area where I was able to exert some sor sort of effect in my life outside of all these other things. And that was very empowering. And I think that moves us out of the victim mentality and into the advocacy for our own life. Just those small things. If I show up regularly and do these things, I see progression. And early in your um, life, you know, as a teenager, for example, as you start to develop your mind, this is a big aha. Uh -huh. You're now it's you're not controlled by the the parental figures around you or the authorities around you, your teachers, your school stuff. So, now I have some agency and, and I can determine if I do this work, I get this result if I don't do that. So that is a big jump in awareness. It's moving oneself out of victimhood and into advocacy for your future. And you can build upon that. Now, what evolves out of that originally, after all, is you have to subdue the body's uh, sensory desires, the desire to eat this food, the desire to stay lazy, to sleep in, to not push yourself. And what you realize is in order to do that, you've got to cultivate your mental outlook, your mental, what people would call mental discipline. And really what I see mental discipline is being able to attach that which you wish to become versus are connected to that which you need to do today to become that whoa okay that's the connection that meant discipline that's the connecting point and so well, you realize that, that which the, the the discipline is is being able to connect that which you wish to become mm -hmm. with that which you need to do today to become mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. Right. Love and you, you, you begin to recognize if you're fortunate mm -hmm. enough, wait a second, if I don't work out this week, my muscles don't get bigger. I don't get stronger and may, I might see a regression. If I do work out, I see progression. So again, we're seeing cause and effect by what I do. And if I eat, uh, you know, a relatively disciplined diet, I look better in the mirror. If I don't, I don't look as good in the mirror. And our early drive is primarily based on aesthetics as young adults because we're trying to attract mates. It's innate in the biology. We want to be attractive to the other mate. We want to show masculinity, femininity, good lines, physicality, all that stuff because of that's how uh, sexual selection takes place in organisms. And it's very strong early in your life. And so you start connecting that, that leads to, um, that leads to an understanding about how your mind can lead you into good decisions or bad decisions. Also the effect of agents that impair judgment like alcohol, right? You drink alcohol, not only do I, not only do I hurts my progression and training, but it also distorts my 
decision-making process. And, you know, then I go to the Burger King after, you know, after mm -hmm. drinking with my friends or I eat the things because I'm not able to control my energetic, my sensory desires. So, mm -hmm. yeah, those impulses. So, so you start to realize, oh, well, where the, where my mind goes, the body follows. So something I where the mind goes, the body falls. And, mm -hmm. and can I override, um, kind of threat detection mechanisms if I'm pushing a set really hard. I'm training really hard, my legs are burning. You know, can I push beyond that sensation? And my degree to be able to do it is to be able to tie it into that which I can become. Right. And that's okay. where the formation of the emergence of spiritual understanding, the access into potentiality right, which is essentially the message of all religious doctrines is that you have this divine potential that is latent within you as a, 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 a fractionated aspect of the one, or however you want to represent it, God, divinity, mm -hmm. sons and daughters of divinity, or uh, children of the divine, or whatever methodology, but it's pretty much repeated in all texts across the world or in allegory. And it's like, oh, well, I have this, uh, there's an innate sense of worth because I exist. And I have all this potential that I could be, but I'm not quite that. And then if I apply these kind of idealized versions of the, the manifestation of potential through my own actions, and we're unlike other species, which are determined by their habits, we can actually develop new cultivation. And that's what makes us unique among the species is that we can move forward and backward through time we're cognitively aware therefore if we can move forward and back through through time we're not our consciousness is not actually tied to physicality mm -hmm. it must exist outside of it because it can move easily back and forth between the two so that's the evidence mm -hmm. of the holy spirit if you want to call it or the ghost inside the machine and that's why I think a lot of the intellectual work, the study of cognition is stuck for so long because they're looking for the physio physiological components of self in the brain as opposed to seeing it as the, the manifestation of spirit. Because mm -hmm. they want to, they it's kind of like the Einstein-Heisenberg argument where he said, God does not play dice. He wanted, he wanted to see the world with a Newtonian paradigm. Einstein did. Heisenberg's like, no, like the act of observation changes the model because we're part mm. of the universe. And so therefore we're innately part of spirit. So looking outside of spirit for understanding who we are from a psychophysiological perspective is impossible. And that's why the psychological sciences have been stalled out for the last few hundred years because they're, they, they continue chasing their tail in causality as opposed to potentiality. So that so these things emerge through my own life, through my own action, eventually, because you run into these knots. So you run into knots in training, you run into knots in your mind, and ultimately, if you survive those, because oftentimes they're dark moments that can emerge out of this, then one becomes self-aware of spirituality. So you move through those things. And that's where health really is, is I think health emerges 
from the deepest connection to spirit. Hey, I'm here with my friend Ross Newkirk, and I know you've heard about his amazing core harmonizer because I talk about it all the time. And if you come over to my house, you, like everyone else, will comment on, oh my God, what is that thing? It's so beautiful. I feel so calm and peaceful. Well, we're talking about crystals today and why they're important, why they're not all created the same. Ross, what did you want to share with us about the uniqueness of the Vogel cut crystal? Well, the, uh, the Vogel cut crystal is actually an amazing crystal in that it's specific cut. Uh, it's a double terminated crystal pointed on both ends. It allows for the amplification of thought and intention and energy. And we actually utilize the Vogel cut crystal in our technologies. Our nonprofit up in Western Massachusetts called the Lightfield Foundation um, has an amazing piece of technology in there that people lay in, as well as in the core harmonizer and our Cohere meditation mat and quantum flow unit. So we actually first started utilizing these crystals in our technologies and then started offering them as well to uh, to people for their own work. Energy healers love using uh, Vogel cut crystals as they can be used for inputting energy uh, into you know a client and, and situation, but also extracting as well. They actually resonate and vibrate with the frequency of water and being that we're mostly made up of water, they're uh, the wonderful, wonderful tool for that. It's such a precision cut. They, they, I can't believe they're handmade. They're just like uh, mathematically, geometrically perfect, super powerful. That's why I'm so grateful that I found Ross and his team and his beautiful company that makes these tools available to us and at discount, you guys, you can get yours at a discount on my website under the recommended products page. Just go down, you'll see the Vogel Cut Crystals. You can learn all about them. And don't forget, check out episode 105 if you want to learn even more. But when you're checking out, enter discount code FITAMYTV10 and you will save 10%. So when you're saying you personally had a few mental knots you had to work through, um, can you just give us an example so we can wrap our brain around and make it applicable to our lives? Like what, what, what happened to you and maybe how you got out of it? Um, well, I think my first one came at the realization, uh, 22, I had a near death experience 22, which made my university seem like kindergarten. Wow. And, um, uh, and I thought, oh, okay. Well, there's a whole other picture here that wasn't in my awareness. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I had a near-death experience and uh, been extraordinarily rich, which is even to think about it brings it up. And uh, the experience of past lives and the experience wow, of really? and my own wow. self. I wasn't judged by God, but when I met God, um, I judged myself within the infinite field of light. So the judgment was all mine, not divine. Because I was able to see that I wasn't living up to my divine potential. Wow. And what so that gift. created so that created a huge paradigm. And I didn't experience what self-loathing was and I experienced the levels of hell. Uh certainly the upper levels. The lower levels were discovered at another point. Anyways, um, Wow. So that was that was uh, a massive paradigm bender, and that set me 
free in the standpoint that I decided at this point, well, I'd kind of followed the program of, you know, go to school and went to university. I was disappointed. I was working a job I didn't really care for um, and all these things. And I wasn't going for my goals. And so I said, well, I have to go for my goals regardless of what anybody thinks. And I did. And I failed. <laughs> I failed horribly. <laughs> I failed. I failed horribly and I failed for years. And um, that led to a number of knots, you know, uh, financial collapse, uh, um, self-doubt. Am I really, am I really doing the right thing? If I've met with so much failure over all these years, loss of my uh, first girlfriend at the same time, because I was still committed to my goals and she wanted her goals. And when they realized they were incompatible and that led to clarity about the kind of effort I was going to require in order to achieve my goals, which was at a level I had never committed to before. Even though I thought I had, I had to progressively go until I got to the point that it was do this or die trying. Right on. The, the surrendering of life itself, because this mm -hmm. was so important to me, which quickly led to success. One year later after that. that you burned the boats. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, though, use that terminology and they let themselves off the hook. In other words, there's, a, yeah, they, there's an escape inside of that. So they... They go to a Tony Robbins seminar and he says, burn the boats and people, but very few people really to, in today's world, really burn the boat, like really go for it. And because you are going to have to burn off a whole aspect of yourself when you, the burning the boats means going back to this efficiency model we talked for energetically, you're going to have to let go of friends. You're going to have to let go of activities. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to let go of a, everything that is sucking energy out of the system because you need to concentrate all of your will and focus and energy into a direct channel because that is going to be, if you look at quantum physics in the collapse of the wave function of the uh, potential going into reality, it is determined by the intensity and duration of the wave, which our will is like that, which creates the increased likelihood of that coming forth. Now, looking backwards, we say this and this and this happened, but really what happened is a clarity about one's future so strong and so clear, it led your activities to lead you to your future, not propelled by those events from your past. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, go ahead. What would you say to someone who's like, this is all great, but I don't know what my purpose is. I'm, I'm lost. I, I can't seem to find it. That seems to be very common these days. Yeah, I would say that you are distracted. You do know what your cause. First off, what would it be if you did know? And there's a likelihood that you're actually terrified of pursuing that which you want because you're too concerned about what other people think. So you got to let go of the opinions of others. 
Well, I call myself a reformed people pleaser. So I know all about that. That's for sure. Wow. That's super powerful. And I think it's true on what you're saying about really the requirement of having that laser focus. Nowadays, there's so many distractions and uh, it can be challenging. Um, but you've certainly demonstrated it's, it's, it's possible. Any more tips to help us eliminate all the distractions? Like, do you maybe have some, some diehard routines or rituals that you do way to achieve these just amazingly high level accomplishments in your life that you have? Um, yes. You know, here's a, here's a great little thing. And this is really old school. It's mm -hmm. called a notebook. <laughs> there you go. And um, you need to write down a 25-year goal, a 10-year goal, a three-year goal, a one-year goal, a 90-day, maybe what you want to achieve this week and what you want to achieve this day. And then you you recalibrate every 90 days. You, you're both able to hold for 90 days on something. And then you need to recalibrate at that point and review, are you on course or off course? That way you don't get too far off where you're course correcting. People, you know, the old famous thing as well, plane going from LA to New York is off course 95% of the time, but they all get there at the same time. Yes, that's true. But they're also continually course correcting along the way on a point. They don't drive they don't get to uh, you know Alaska and go oh gee we went the wrong direction, so there needs to be an, a, a daily accountability. The second thing that you need to have is you need to have a clear and definite schedule, with the priorities being around your primary goal. Mm. So when I was uh, quote unquote, starving student. I wasn't starving, but I was living in residence and had three big square meals a day at the residence cafeteria on my student loan. Thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> I remember I got really clear about I wanted to be have these goals in my sport and the gym that we had our, our, our facility wasn't very good. And I thought, well, there's a really nice gold gym downtown. And I have no vehicle to get there. It's going to take me an hour to walk there each way in the snow. Hmm. And then my training, is that a worthwhile goal? Yeah, because I can get better results in my training if I go there than I go to the gym. And so therefore, I'm going to do that decision. Now, that meant that I couldn't spend as much time socializing with my friends. That meant it couldn't spend as much time on my studies. It meant that I was going to have to subject myself to really cold environments, staggering through the snow, but guess what? Inside of those freezing cold nights traveling back and forth to the gym downtown. An hour? And wow. I then fell in love with the process mm. of moving towards my goal. So the outcome I couldn't control, but I could control the effort. I can control this. And then that became fun. It became fun to let go of things that weren't important. It became fun that difficult things could become easy and I could enjoy the process and I could, I, I, I could feel good about myself because people feel bad about themselves largely in part when they're not taking actions towards the goals that they want to achieve and they feel, yeah. and, and when they are, they tend to feel good about themselves and then because they're on course, there's a, 
built-in biochemical reward system to be doing that which you're supposed to be do. So when you're lost, I would say, well, what makes you feel good? Not in a sensory effect in a short term. What would you be most proud of? What would you say is something that you would feel good about if you achieved X? So for my mom's case, we'll take her. Great she said, question. I want to I be married and have two kids. That was her goal. And I want to raise my family. And she, she wanted her kids um, to have an easier time in school than she did. So she was very attentive to myself and my sister at a young age by reading to us at a relation. So reading came very easy to me. School came easy to me. Not because it was easy for my mom, because she put so much time, effort, and energy, energy into me and helped me fall in love with learning and reading and writing and, and, and mathematics that my school career became relatively easy. So that was out of her, not necessarily the discipline, I would say it was more devotion. And so mm -hmm. devotion is, I'd say, the positive uh, aspect of discipline. The feminine. Yeah, you're devoted. There's a surrendering to that which I want to be, mm -hmm. as opposed to a forcing it like a swashbuckler. I love that, Wade. That is yeah. just like, wow. I want to get a t-shirt that says that. That's great. Devotion yeah. is the positive aspect of discipline. It's it's that feminine yeah. feeling of it to me. That devotion, yeah. devotion to me like makes me think about involvement of the heart, you know, yeah. whereas discipline feels like the head to me. You know? Yes. I think that's I think that's mm. I think that's true. I think mm -hmm. that's true. I love it. Brilliant. I love it so much. Okay, so then maybe to kind of land this plane of this beautiful discussion that you're leading us down. Um establishing our physical health through optimal nutrition, proper supplementation, lifestyle, sleep, and like your awesome formula, which I want to get into, all of that but is required in order for us to access the higher realms of our being, our spiritual essence. Did you want to say anything else just about that little um, idea or concept? Well, I would say that's most common. It's not always the case. And so I asked this with a very uh, an enlightened mystic one time. I asked that specific question because the mystic... Um, said that yeah physical exercise and these special diets and stuff are not requisite for the uh physician of enlightenment he kind of made fun of me a little bit and it was fun it was really fun because i was so physically active and had studied the texts and i'd studied physical discipline body discipline and he said what he says look we're all gonna end up dead so you're gonna be the guy that does the most push-ups in the in the graveyard uh yeah like they say you look the best in the coffin right so he was able to put in perspective now, he said, all those things are well and good, but they don't necessarily conclude to the evolution. I can go down here to Gold's Gym. Yeah. Right, where for I train sure, it all. Sure. There's all kinds of people. There, there's no spirituality or any emergence of that. So there, I think that the process I outline, the, 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 the understanding of progressive um, realization of potential, Mm -hmm. leads one to make a greater leap into the etheric realms of or the non-linear realms that spirituality 
um, puts forth because many of concepts in spirituality um, seem at first to be in opposition to the values of society at large. And therefore you get into a conundrum. Wow. How could going to church increase the abundance of my life? Or how could we do spending an hour in the morning or an hour in the evening meditating? Or who am I actually praying to? And how is this positively impacting my life? Or is that just a waste of time? Maybe I should just go make more money. Or, you know, how could, you know, periods of fasting, for example, improve my health? And how could that be a divine? Well, these things start to become self-evident once you engage with them without necessarily looking for the outcome, one's just running an experiment. And when you run an experiment with as a scientific method, as a scientific method, you're not, you're trying to disprove the theory. That's what a lot of people don't realize. You're not trying to prove the theory. You're trying to disprove. Well, I've heard that fasting improves uh, cognitive acuity and has longevity benefits and body composition present. Well, and makes meditation more easy and accessible. Okay, well, I'm gonna try that for the next year. I'm gonna do this regularly for the next year. I'm gonna run an experiment for the next year and see if that's true. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the year, you know whether or not you, you run the experiment long enough to see if that works. Okay, that's fine. Now I'm gonna meditate uh, 30 minutes in the morning every day for a year and and see if that makes me a better person or I'm able to handle stress and stuff like that better. And I'll run that experiment for you. And so life becomes this continuous group of experiments of, again, connecting potentiality, what I aim to become with actions that I'm taking in the moment in the pursuit of that. And some of those actions will be positive and some of them won't. And if you're tracking it in a journal or some sort of recovery or some sort of accountability process as this is working, well, guess what? Then you can actually determine and slowly, slowly you move up the uh, stairway to heaven. Okay, Wade, but what about the person? And you said a key word, the potentiality, right? What about the person that's, all right, if I really got clear and committed to what my dream is, like what I really want to devote and be disciplined and work towards every day, my daily task to get to my 90-day goals, what about the person that feels they just don't believe it's possible? Like they've like, well, I don't feel like I have the potential to do that. I would love that. That'd be amazing, but it's not possible for me because of X, Y, and Z. They, that mm-hmm. potentiality is not there for them, but it's still yeah, a dream. I, I, I would recommend, I would recommend that they read uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life because okay. they're in such a disempowered state of development and awareness they are setting goals that aren't realistic or achievable and so they need to work backwards into something that they can do and you know he starts with the famous thing you know tell the truth and clean your room Hmm. right you know i have a t-shirt that actually one of his t-shirts that has that and so what is the process of cleaning one's room well it is and i'm paraphrasing dr peterson in this It is the taking of chaos, potentiality, and putting it in order. Hmm. It is the chaotic potential of the feminine and putting it into the masculine order. So his other book is Beyond uh, Beyond Order, right? So 
what is the dance? And it's the Wu, represented in the Wu way in mm -hmm. you know, Chinese, Asian scripts, China and Japan. And, you know, you would see those little Wu way things and the martial arts dojos and stuff like that. So what does that mean? It is, there's a, a, a piece of the masculine and the feminine, and there's a piece of the feminine and the masculine. And there's this ever eternal dance between chaos and order and potential and manifest and they go back and forth, light and dark. And this is the play, the Maya, the delusion, the energetic expression of things. And so what's happening is you're trying to play, the person is trying to play a game they're not capable of at this stage, because it's, you got to go progressive. You don't just walk onto the NBA court and start competing with the NBA. You got to go back to where you're at, start where you're at and start with your room. Can you, can you, can you make order out of the room? And Peterson, who's dealt with the hopelessly depressed, and depressed means I don't have the energy to pursue that which I know that I need to pursue or wish to pursue. He has been, been able to transform people's lives into from people who can barely lift their head on the pill off a of bed to the same person going out there and really kicking butt in the world. And there's another piece to that too. I think it's important to ask yourself why you have a particular goal or objective, right? Why, why? And like like a three-year-old, you need to ask yourself at least why three times. And you say, well, I was so just I just want to say a lot because you got to be honest. And and really so I could be rich real. and famous. Why? Yeah. Well, yeah. so that uh, people yeah. will love me. Why? Yeah. So that I will have the sense of feeling mm -hmm. loved. But why? Because then I'll, I'll feel good about myself. Oh, okay. So you think you're doing this, this, and this to feel good about yourself. Well, you could just bypass all that and start feeling good about yourself right now. Oh, Okay. Well, if I start feeling good about myself right now, well, then what? Well, then are those things important? No. Well, what is important? Well, you know, I always wanted to have a little garden in my house. Well, mm. you can actually have that. And many, many times people will discover that they can have, they can have what they think will make them feel happy is much easier accessible than they ever thought possible because most of the things that they're aspiring to do is for a payoff that they'll feel good inside and the good inside is already available in your bio, your, your inner biological pharmacy is ready and waiting. What we do is we create delayed gratification uh, inside of it uh, by saying, well, when I get this house or I get to this level or I make this much money or I marry this person or I have this kids or I get that promotion or I travel the world or I become famous or, or and all of those things. I think are good as signposts or directional components, but innate of themselves, they have no, nothing in them. And you discover this as you move up the stairway of accomplishment. You know, you make that accomplishment and you feel good for an hour, maybe a day, yep. a week or something. And then it's like, okay, what's next? Yes, that is unfortunately quite common. And you know, you get to the top of the hill and you're looking down, you're like, okay, that's it, you know, all that for this, you know, you're, and like, who was it, Wade, that said, uh, wherever you go, there you are, you know, like, mm. you got to get to the crux of really what's driving you in the first place, because you're going to take yourself wherever you end up, 
and you got to like the person that's there with you. <laughs> yeah. And you can start that process right away. And I think that is the unfolding aspect of true spirituality, not in a condemning mm. way, but in a celebratory way and a humorous way about laughing mm. at one's um, less developed qualities. I'm loud, <laughs> for example, I'm very loud and I have a voice that carries and it's caused me all kinds of problems in my life. And, you know, I go, uh, you know, it's just the way it is. I was born that way. You know, like yes. it's, it's kind of, there's, there's certain things I, I can be um, highly emotionally charged. It's, I'm very passionate. And so I sometimes, uh, I'm, I'm, even though I care a lot about people, I can come across as very uncaring because I'm so committed to the truth. It can be a little blunt at times. Mm-hmm. And so I laugh at myself and I'm like, well, you know, maybe I can be more, a little bit more eloquent from time to time, or maybe I could be less of a, and, 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 and then give myself license. And when I screw up, I just laugh at myself like, oh, there you go again. Well, you know, <laughs> try and do better next time. And, and then I become a source of my own entertainment. And so uh, life, that's awesome. I'm witnessing life as opposed to doing life. Yes. I was just thinking that you've achieved that observer effect that we hear a lot about in the spiritual community. You yeah. know, like observing your your life and having the ability to kind of step outside of yourself and not identify so strongly and be so attached to how you're feeling and what's happening and you know all that because it can be the root of so much suffering. Yes, it, it really is, and I think that's where athletics can give people a close um approximation of spiritual awareness in that you can like uh, and i'm in a, this is a particularly good time to do this type of interview because as i've been training and dieting for so long and i'm going at a level and someone was asking me, well how are you doing i'm like i'm awesome i'm actually doubling my training output from what i did almost 20 years ago when come I on Really? I feel better. I don't feel like I'm suffering. It doesn't, I, I don't feel hungry. I don't feel tired. I don't feel okay. all of these normal markers. I'm being carried by this wave that broke forth and wow. uh, it's a witnessing. And so I'm not really doing the contest. I'm seeing the contest happen and I'm showing up to it. That's about it. It's like, it's not. Wow. It's so uh, there are these states that can be achieved as uh endurance athletes will talk about it mountain climbers will talk about it there's a there's a there's a synchronization we'll have over extensive duration of a commitment to something and i think that also happens maybe with commitment to children who are so dependent if you can really get into it and turn it into a meditation or maybe mm. a, a partner who is ill um these type of things uh, some people will see it in businesses that go through difficult periods. There becomes a, 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 a surrendering to that, those forces. And, and then what happens is as you surrender, which is not passive, it's an active process. You surrender the outcome and you just worry about the actions that required. Then all of a sudden you begin to see the unfoldment of the miraculous, that which was not in your field of awareness. And then you go, well, then who's really doing things? And that sets the next knot in your life. Well, am I doing things or are things happen? Am I making things happen or are things happening for me? Free will or fate. Exactly.
Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. I'm here with my friend Hannah of Seab and Solace. And you grew up with Persian beauty secrets, which you incorporate in your wonderful company, Seab and Solace. Can you share some beauty secrets with us today, Hannah? Persian saffron. It's highly antioxidant. It has the crocan in it, which is a carotenoid derived from stigmas of saffron flower. And it's beneficial in promoting cell growth and cell repair, which is very necessary for skin. And saffron it has been used for centuries by Persians in their beauty remedies and food and is widely used as a moisture to heal and protect the skin and hair. And it's the most expensive spice on earth because it takes about 50,000 to 70,000 blossoms, which is an acre of flowers to make one pound of saffron. So imagine how um, difficult it is to extract it and to make it. And it only grows in a certain part of Iran. So check out on my website in the recommended products on my e-store, Seab and Solace, and enter the coupon code FITAMYTV10, all caps, to save 10%. Well, I have to just, I love that you said surrender is not passive it's active that's like a major thing for me because you know again my work with the masculine feminine dynamics and that a lot of people think oh, i'm surrendering and they just think like i'm just going to receive and they kind of like hands off and like lay back and kind of like wait for it all to fall on their lap you know and it's like well i wouldn't say that's the way surrender really works so would you like to just expand on that weight into your perspective on surrendering and what it really looks like in our lives and and how it is more of an active process well i will I'll, I'll refer to um the mystic dr david hawkins oh yes um mm -hmm. who i would see regularly at his lectures and i think his series is extraordinary and you he got to one, see him wow oh yeah yeah and he was the real deal wow um dr hawkins has a book called letting go and mm -hmm. in that book, uh, he discusses specifically the process of surrender. And so he uses a, a, a really aggressive example, and I'll paraphrase from that. So two things. He said surrendering is the equivalent of taking an open-handed, like, yin position and walking forward into the hail of bullets. Ooh. So letting go of one's own desires or outcomes or potential challenges wow. and just saying, well, this is what I'm meant to do. And if a bullet hits me and that goes, I'm gone and that's it. Fine. And, wow. and that's where he said, it's not passive. So for example, he'd say, well, someone says, well, I can't stop eating cake. That's throwing my blood sugar off. Okay. Well, if every time that you went to go eat a piece of cake, somebody put a gun to your head, and says, if you eat a piece of that cake, I'm going to blow your head off. Would you eat the cake? Probably not. So what you are able to identify at the core level of the ego, your own agency, you're not willing to give up cake. And that, Ouch. Ouch. And, and so if you could, <laughs> if you could give up cake, if a gun was to your head, then you do have the agency to give up cake. So it's, do you really, really want to give up cake? And people will give all these licenses and mm. these conditions and these rules and these genetic ideas and these lifestyle issues and these emotional issues. But at the core essence of them, 
there's an aspect of suffering or uh, inability to achieve whatever it is one wants to do is actually the denial of your capacity to do it. Oh, wait a minute. Wow, you're just dropping so much. That's amazing. So say the last part again. The It's your, it, your, your denial in your ability to do it. Right. Okay. Wow. There's a core aspect that is denying that to restrict yourself. And why would you do that? Self-sabotage, it sounds like. Well, there's a whole lot of reasons why people might do it, but the point Lack of, of self -love. is once you once once you understand that you're doing it, mm. then guess what? The the ball's back in your court. Right. Locus right. Mm. And therefore, okay, you know what? I'm deciding to eat cake. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? Now you've just changed your relationship because you said I can't stop eating cake. You say, No, mm. I can't stop eating cake, but I just choose to eat cake. Well, guess what? You're actually, it's a more positive aspect of accessing your agency. And just by owning that you choose to eat cake, you're actually changing the paradigm within your brain because you're not a victim now. You are an agent of your destiny. And you're choosing to eat cake as opposed to not, not being able to stop eating cake. And that transforms it. everything. So good. So good. Hallelujah. That's freaking fantastic, Wade. Brilliant. I love it. Everybody needs to rewind that. That is so empowering. Oh my God. I love it. I choose. Yeah. I choose. You're taking the, your, your, your sovereignty back. It's a, it's a conscious, you're making it conscious. And, and in the, in the, in the realm of eating world, you know, that's something a lot of people do is they emotionally eat. They just check out, you know, they just, they're not even conscious of just kind of shoveling it in because they, you know, it's like a self-medication thing, you know, they're not consciously <laughs> doing it. I'm one of those people, believe yeah, it or well, not. Yeah, well, me too. I'm, I'm totally I like, I yeah. am a total food guy. Like, um, I now get a once a week uh, indulgent day because uh, I'm- uh, Whole in, day? Yeah, yeah, well, metabolically, um, you get to a place of what's got, and you can read about this in Scott Abel's cycle diet. He was my old bodybuilding coach and did this with bodybuilders for years. Wow. And that you, if you go into a super compensation where you've been on a restrictive diet for an extensive period of time, you can take windows within a, say, a morning to evening period. So 12 hours or something like that, where you can virtually anything that you want during that time. And it'll have positive aspects on mm -hmm. your metabolism. Mm -hmm. So if you go into restrictive eating for too long, there's a metabolic slowdown. So how do you spike that without eating? And he studied um these uh food eating superstars these people that eat these massive amounts of food and they're all like tiny they don't gain a whole bunch of weight and they go, how do they do it well they they restrict their food for periods Cycle. of time that allows them to eat much more than they normally could mm -hmm. and then but you but you have to ha exert the discipline you can't do that every day you got to put it right. within a window metabolically your body can't store it as body fat you spike way up your metabolism spikes up you store all this glycogen and then you, you, then you consciously engage again, back into the discipline of the calorie restriction again. Yeah. And you literally watch your physiology transform in a 24 hour periods in ways that people wouldn't imagine. I'll give you an example. I just wow. did this on Saturday, my, on a DEXA scan, my lean body mass change was 
7.2 pounds in a 24-hour period. I gained 7.2 pounds of lean body mass. Well, what is that? That's increased glycogen, water storage inside the muscles. Yeah, it doesn't even sound possible. Wow. Right. And I and during that same period, I gained 0.5 uh, pounds of body fat over the course of that 24 hour period. I woke up uh, so that I did Sunday. I woke up on Monday morning. So I, this was on Saturday. I woke up on Monday morning. I was back to my exact same weight that I was the Friday before the spike day. And when I hit this Saturday's testing, I'll probably lost somewhere between one and 1.5 pounds of body fat during that week. You get rewarded for it. I get rewarded because I'm not rigid. I'm disciplined in exercising the restriction mm -hmm. and I'm disciplined in exercising the non-restriction because I choose to diet and I choose to not, and I don't build a big story about am I good? Am I bad? Mm -hmm. Right. All the value emotional connect, all yep. these value associations, mm -hmm. which contribute to a deeper story that I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I suck. I'm not capable versus Ooh. yeah, I don't food is just atoms arranged in certain ways. I'm an infinite being. I can do this. And I've set up the physical, I'm not breaking physiological laws. I'm leveraging higher physical laws to the expression of things. And, and wow, that's brilliant. Strategic yeah. discipline. It's strategic. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that happens as one progresses in any area. And keep in mind, that took me decades to get to the point where I would yeah. even be able to exercise that in a, in a way that made me like, because it shatters so many of the paradigms that we yeah. exist. Right? right, for sure. Well, you certainly are an example of someone who's constantly evolving. You know, what, what are uh, some other than winning the next competition you're in line for? My money's on you, by the way. Um, I don't know about that. I mean, it's not really my, it's, you know, my job is just to show up. You know, winning a competition means nothing other than that in the eyes of a few group of people that you are the best person at that particular day, particularly in our sport. That, Good for you. you. I love that um, attitude. So it's, not, awesome. it's not about... Mm -hmm. winning is in the journey i've already won that's awesome I now maybe it. i win maybe i don't i'm gonna have yeah. my friends there i'm gonna have a group there we're gonna oh do some filming God, gonna contribute to our new book stuff next year yeah so that's that's winning and i'm in great physical condition at 50 years old and i've been able to demonstrate a model that will winning. help hopefully um millions of people um master their metabolism uh, over the next decade and i'm excited about that so that's the winning part that's so not only beautiful, but refreshing. I love it. That is fantastic. Now, is your new book about this type of information or something well, different? The, the new book is less esoteric and more functional. And okay. the goal of it is to be able to help people determine precisely what's right for them on an individual basis. And I've built a whole big model about how do we live to a hundred and beyond? How do we assess our genetics, our predispositions, um, you know, uh, offset them with our nutrition, our diet, our lifestyle, biohacking devices, et cetera. And then how do we stack up all the systems inside our lives in order to express uh, vitality? And of course our friend Paul, uh -huh. I think is a great example of this. So, you know, Paul, 60 years old, 
um, looks fantastic, lives by his principles, and yet has some things that would seem contradictory to public personas or public perception, and uh, and which is usually the realm of the mystic. The mystic, the mystic yeah, the mm-hmm. mystic is not bound by the principles, the, the common principles, because they've accessed higher principles. And from that, they can exert wisdom. And he's certainly one of those people. And uh, hopefully we can move towards that same model. So the book has helped people identify and move out of dietary tribalism and uh, to live to a hundred healthy and beyond. Because I don't believe in diets. I don't believe in uh, a lot of the uh, bell curve distribution Prognosticators, prognosticators, I guess, or whatever it is, you know, the people that will take a bell curve and say, well, this diet's better because of this, or this diet's better. No, we haven't looked at the individual, but now technology is allowing us to gauge the individual, the high degree of accuracy. And so we're uh, advocating that. Yeah. So it's an extension beyond our book, Sick to Superhuman, which came out uh, last year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that so much. And um, a big part of, uh, your company by optimizers, obviously with the supplement line is helping people, uh, get the right, uh, ingredients to help their individual bodies, you know, to really make it bioidentical and, um, you know, something that matches their needs. Wade, what would you say is a good, a good way for people to know what supplements they need or how to, how do the, how do they customize their yep. nutrition and supplement program. Sure. Well, I put a considerable amount of effort into this and I've uh, outlined a lot of these principles in depth in our awesome health course, which is available on our yes. website for free. Mm-hmm. But I would say this, uh, first, I think today's world, uh, getting a DNA test, uh, I think is extraordinary because it's going to show the predispositions uh, that you have. Uh, your, how well you absorb some vitamins and minerals, how well you don't absorb others, uh, what types of exercise might be more conducive than others, et cetera, et cetera. You know, like I'll give you an example, Matt, my business partner is a keto guy. Mm-hmm. He metabolizes fats really well. I don't, I do really well with carbohydrates. Okay. Well, and then I look at, um, I had the double gene uh, poor genes for, I, I don't have, actually, I don't have the gene to detox my gut and ran into trouble at the 2003 Mr. Universe uh, and, you know, destroyed my microbiome essentially from competing in that contest. And that led me to develop a company on uh, enzymes and probiotics and the various things that, because I, I didn't know, I didn't have the DNA testing there, but I just came up to a problem and had to figure it out. Well, it turns out years later, I find out, oh yeah, well, of course, you need to understand how your gut works because you don't detox that well. Now, some people can eat anything and they're fine because they possess superior detoxification in their gut than uh-huh. maybe, you do, right? Or you might have a risk for um, cardiovascular disease. So maybe moving away from animal fats would be positive for that person as to someone who might do very well on a ketogenic diet because they don't have that predisposition where animal fats would be a problem. And so you start to see where, what advocacies of different diets, um, you know, when I was working with my genetics expert, she was um, kind of blown away because we were taking apart my life before I did it, like what I was doing. And 
90% of the things they're doing, there was 10% I learned specifically that I didn't know with her, which was of massive value to me because those 10% could be major influences into the development of disease. Um, but she's like, how did you figure out how to offset your genetics? Like most of the interactions that I had been doing or how I cultivated my own personal program were in the line with what my genetics showed. And I said, well, I just did trial and error. So what took me 25 years now with testing, you can get uh, in 25 minutes, you can know exactly wow. what to do, what supplements to take. So that would be the first step. I think um, you always want to look at if your goal is for to live long and live strong, mm -hmm. we have to realize, okay, um, we have uh, cardiovascular. That's one of the big ones that takes people out. So you want to um, have a pulse test where you see how much damage is on your heart right now and what you can do on, from that standpoint. Um, you want to look at uh, a HOMO IR test, uh, fasting glucose and fasting insulin to see how predisposition you are for blood sugar issues because diabetes also contributed to cancer and to heart disease. You want to uh, look at uh, eliminating most of the carcinogenic substances that may be present inside of your life. So because those are the contributors to cancer. And then the fourth thing that you want to do is you want to avoid the medical industry, if at all possible. Um, if you look, I think it was Jordan Peterson, again, not recently said, well, if you look at the net uh, result of our medical industry in its form right now, it's probably leaning to the negative side with contraindications um, from um, various medicines that people are be given. And I'm not here to bash medicine. If we look in the 1960s, our average life expectancy was 67. Today, it's 80. A lot of that's because of medical interventions. But our quality of life has now dropped. The disability-adjusted life expectancy starts at 60 and ends at 80. Mm. Um, so quality of life has gone down. And now life expectancy is going down. So we've really milked that, that as much as we can. Uh, the advancements of surgery and pharmaceutical uh, things that have gotten us a certain degree in acute situations, but where the next gain is going to be in the advocacy of these holistic health practices uh, about how do you adjust for your own lifestyle, your own genetics and your own life. So those things are important. I think a, a DEXA scan will determine lean body mass, body fat, your body fat and your bone density. So those are things that you can influence significantly just yeah. through diet and lifestyle without a lot of intervention very very simple and, and really important in a technological event so so having those regularly to progressively course correct your airplane to your potential mm -hmm. i think is a key element um you'd probably want to do a dutch test look at your hormones what are the hormone disruptors that may be influencing your life and that's going to correlate with your contaminants but also looking at, you know, hormone optimization and the, and that doesn't say that you have to take hormones in order to regulate that. I don't take hormones. Uh, Paul doesn't take hormones. He's 60, I'm 50. There's all kinds of people that don't. I'm not saying that you shouldn't either. There may come a case at some point that that was going to be produce positive outcomes for you. And so what you want to do is you want to eliminate all the things that are again, back to this energetic expenditure that are causing you to expend excess energy, plastic bottles and, you know, mm. toxic chemicals and hormone disruptors by removing those out of your life, 
you improve your energy direction, your chi force inside the body. And then doing things that may be like Chinese herbs or Ayurvedic herbs or uh, Qigong practices or these type of things where you can increase your energetic flow. Well, now, again, you've improved your potentiality to direct healing life force to various parts of your body as well as removing contaminants. So, you know, you, these practices will then start to make sense because you understand their impact on all of those systems. And so that's where I would start. Of course, a gut test, I think, is really good for a lot of people. Um, since so many people are having that, if you're prone to, um, you know, I would, I would check your liver uh, function. That's a big factor. Metabolism, thyroid function. And those are just blood are tests, right? Yeah. And so yeah. these things will start giving you overarching indications. And then you just kind of work through the list. And I'll say one other thing, too inside of that i think purpose of life um is underrated i've seen people break a tremendous amount of quote-unquote health laws however they have a strong purpose in life and in that purpose for life they have a deep social connection so purpose in life and social connection i think are underrated in its ability to energize and create vibrancy in even an, what would look like an unhealthy person and so, again, that's that's connecting yourself to the divine blueprint. You're, that is what you're supposed to do. And I think that can keep people going a long time. You certainly can have an easier time of it if you practice the health things. I don't think the health things are required to manifest your potential. But I think they make the journey to your potential a lot easier and a lot more enjoyable than if you don't. And I think that's where health advocacy really needs to get its game in order it's not its own end it's because we all end up dead um it's a way of enjoying it's like putting a good sound system in your house hey if i'm gonna play the music of life why not listen to it in a great sound system and really enjoy every note mm -hmm. and so why not do that and i think that's where health plays it's like a great sound system Wow. Wade Lightheart, Bioptimizers. Amazing. This has just been a fascinating discussion. Thank you for sharing your breadth and depth of wisdom with us. It's just remarkable um, how, how much depth you have. And uh, I'm just, I'm really, really grateful that you came on the show to share with my audience. And I know they're going to want to find out more and um, also get into your amazing products which were all cultivated because of your your search and your discoveries and uh, you applying all of this intelligence that you have and that's why they work that's why i'm a big fan that's why i've included them in my e-store and i use them every single day um I'm a, like i said i'm a big fan and uh i can i can see why your company and you are so successful this has been fascinating Oh, well, thanks so much. I guess maybe we should play the Edie Brickell music. Uh, throw me in the shallow water before I get too deep. Uh, there you go. No, I just, I just think it's, what an amazing contribution you've made to life. And I have a feeling you're, you're just getting, you're just getting going too. It's just very inspiring. We're having a lot of fun and we're helping a lot of people. And yeah, uh, it's, a great, it's a great mission to be on. And I'm grateful uh, for people advocating by optimizers. Uh, all of our products have a money back guarantee. Mm -hmm. So you try it. 
and doesn't work for you, we just give you your money back. We want you to redeploy that towards health and healing in your life. We have a free course, Awesome Health. Mm -hmm. uh, the Awesome Health 84 Days course where I break down literally a 12-week course. It's five to 15-minute videos, little elements where you can add, uh, put your time, effort, and energy for maximum efficiency. We don't even get to supplements to weigh down the lay. It's the awesome formula. It's really fun. And so, and then Instagram and bioptimizers.com, you can access all that sort of stuff. And it's an amazing um, culture. I mean, there's just so yeah. many people on board because, well, because they work, you know, <laughs> they're, yes. they're, that's, they're that's, culture. that's yeah. our big thing. Yeah. We, we make products that work mm -hmm. and um, they, do it, they do what they say they're going to do and what you want them to do and not other stuff that you don't want them to do. <laughs> which is yeah. just as important. <laughs> yeah. It's, and that's been really the, our credence. You know, we've been on mission. We don't, we built our company by mission, not by margin. So mm -hmm. we're on nice. the premium side of things, but there's nothing more expensive than a product that doesn't work. There you so go. So buy quality and we de-risk it by, if you try it, Hey, guess what? It doesn't work. We'll just give your money back, but chances are it's going to work and you're going to love it. So mm -hmm. that's how confident you are. And you've been generous enough to give my audience a special discount, Amy F10 at checkout. That's my name, A-M-Y-F is in Fournier or Fox 10, and they can save money. So you, they really have no reason not to try it. Thank you so much for being on the show, Wade. I really appreciate it. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. And uh, Wade, do you want to just direct people to your website or any other place before we wrap? Yeah, just go to bioptimizers.com. Awesome. Everything's available there. Do get the awesome health course. I think it's, there's a lot of it's really free people. and it's free. And it's if, if people just thought that, I think I'd be really successful because I know it's been our most popular course and mm -hmm. for, for a number of years. And it took me a long time to compile that. And it was based on basically thousands and thousands of people's questions. And I thought, hey, why don't I answer this systematically? That's awesome. Good at building systems. And so that's a great course for people to go. And it's an acronym, right? Yes. Yeah. Super awesome. cool. It is an Tell acronym. us. Yeah. Yeah. Air, water, exercise, sunlight, optimizers, mental beliefs and attitude, education, testing, and coaching, or et cetera at the end. Brilliant and creative. What more could you want, everybody? That's just so awesome. Wade Lightheart, thank you so much for being on Awakening Aphrodite. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Would you like to support my mission to help empower people all over the world to be all of who they truly are? If so, please subscribe to the show, leave a review on iTunes, and share it with a friend. And if you're looking to take immediate action to align your energy and optimize your health, visit amyfournier.com. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite. Let's awaken her together in you. I'm your hostess, Amy Fournier, and I already can't wait to be with you again and for you to hear what I have planned for the next show. Thanks for listening to Awakening Aphrodite with Amy Fournier. To learn more about Amy, check out her website, amyfournier.com. That's A-M-Y-F-O-U-R-N-I-E-R.com. You can also check out Amy's live and on-demand virtual fitness and yoga classes and sign up for her newsletter to receive a free mini ebook of three of her top tips for making holistic health a lifestyle. Again, that's amyfournier.com and get your ebook sent to your email immediately. Connect with Amy on the daily on Instagram at FitAmyTV, F-I-T-A-M-Y-T-V. 
and watch many of the podcast episodes and subtopic clips on her YouTube channel, which is also Fit Amy TV. Enjoy, and we'll see you next time on Awakening Aphrodite.